The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Well, last two weeks, it's been about particularly the Bible, hasn't it? About reading the Word. And uh, we've been encouraged to not only read it, to get involved, to be encouraged, to, to love and to be equipped by God's Word. And today, I just want to, in the time that I've got, look at a single verse, okay? A verse. Look, it's, we've all got favorite passages. You all have got your favorite passage, your favorite either passages or your favorite scripture that's spoken to you in the past, that's encouraged you, that's brought you assurance that where God has really impacted your life by that, that, that scripture. And, and we've been encouraged, and quite rightly too, that we should pick up the Bible and read it. Yeah? Read it from Genesis through to Revelation. Just keep reading it. But it's good occasionally to come back, isn't it, to those words that have spoken to us in the past. Why? Because we can be reassured reinvigorated, and we can find encouragement from those scriptures, yeah? The, the word of God, and it has been said here by Pastor John, is multifaceted. It has many faces, and it can speak to us again and again, even though the scripture that we read, the words haven't changed, have they? The words are the same, and yet when you read it, it's God says, I'm going to reveal this to you now, and I'm going to do this within your life now. And this is the amazing spiritual dimension of this wonderful word, this wonderful book, the Bible. You know, when Jesus spoke, the people listened. It says in Mark, uh, in, in, in uh, chapter 12, verse 37, the people listened to Jesus with delight. With delight. The words of Jesus brought delight. Now, Jesus, when he was in his ministry here on earth, wasn't saying anything to the people to tickle their ears, so as to speak. He wasn't sort of bringing revolutionary sort of words against the Roman occupying forces and the like. In fact, a lot of what Jesus said confused them. I didn't really know what he was really saying. It challenged them as well as confused them. And we know to some point that at some times they said, well, do you know, we're going, is this guy demon-possessed or is he a good, good man? It confused them. But for so many, many, the words of Jesus spoke life. And they understood and perceived that the words that he was speaking were life-giving words. In John 7, it says, we have never heard anyone speak like this. And in Matthew 7, he taught with one who had authority and not like the teachers of the law. And so wherever your verses that you go to, that you find encouragement from, do remember the Old Testament is as good as the New because as Paul says, you know, all scripture is God-breathed and used for teaching and rebuking and correcting and the like. But the word I want to look at today, this verse that I want to look at today is one of my favorites and it's found in John 15 and at verse 16. Come up on your screen, I believe. And he says this, you, Jesus speaking, did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit 
that will last. You know, this challenges me and encourages me in equal measure. And I think you'll probably understand why. The verse is spoken by Jesus, and it's at the end of his earthly ministry, um, how he had now come to the end. He was equipping his disciples. This is at the Last Supper. And he was saying, listen, you've got to stay with me. You've got to remain in me. You've got to stay. That's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to see the kingdom of heaven advance, by staying in me. Now, although the words were addressed specifically to those that he spoke to, his disciples, I believe truly these words are spoken to us as well today, as here we are in this generation. Why? Because when we have given our lives to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are then to bear fruit in his name. It's not just a question of giving your life. You then bear fruit. It's a product of. Jesus says in our scripture, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That's quite a sobering thought. You know, life is full of choices. You, you don't need me to stand here and tell you that. Life is full of choices. From the time you wake up, what time you get up, what you're going to wear, where you're gonna, whether you're going to eat breakfast, whether you're going to forget, what train you're going to get, whatever it might be. You know, life is full of those choices. And even if you're someone like me-ish, you follow a strict routine, you still made those choices in the first place to follow that routine, if you see what I mean. So choices surround us. If you go to the shops, my word, especially in this Western culture world that we live in, unless you're focused on the product that you want, the array is bewildering. Choice after choice, after decision, after decision. But when we come to the biggest choice in our life, whether to put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, Jesus says that it's, it's not a question of you making that decision. It's about him choosing you. Wow. You know, we know from Scripture that when Jesus started his ministry, that he went away and that he prayed all night before he chose his disciples. It says in Luke 6 and 12 to 13, One of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. So Jesus did the choosing. We all remember how he walked along that lakeshore and called to, to, to Peter and Andrew uh, to come and join him. He then sort of called, didn't he, to James and John. He then went along the road and he, he called Matthew from his tax collector's booth. And they all stopped and followed him. Now, you may say, yeah, but they had a choice. They might have said, Jesus, thank you, but no thank you. I'm rather busy here. I've got all this to do. We've got fishing to do and the likes. However, no, they responded. Why? Because the choice of Jesus was upon them. They responded to his call. And if your faith is in Jesus Christ today, it's because he's chosen you. He has selected you. He's called you to that position. Well, you may say to me, Kevin, yeah, well, that's all very well and good, but my testimony isn't like that. I didn't just respond to a call. It speaks about years of struggling, of, of, of long and hard and thinking and wrestling with, do I believe this? What do I believe? It's a background of real coming over a period of time to this position where I put my faith in Jesus Christ. But you were still in God's choosing. You were still conforming to what he had called upon your life. I just find it so extraordinary that God chooses the likes of us anyway. 
when you think of what we are, where we've been, what we've done, this amazing grace that he has chosen us, this wonderful saviour has come to make himself known to us. And it's truly a blessing and one that we should quite properly give him thanks for every day in wherever we are and whatever we are doing, acknowledging that he is the one. You know, in this whole selecting post process, Paul says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 1. And Peter says in 1 Peter 2 and at verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we might be led to believe there might be something special about me. God chose me because I am special. And the answer to this is, no, he didn't. <laughs> Sadly, he didn't. didn't. He didn't call you or me because there's anything special about us. He called us because he is full of love and mercy. And he called us for his glory. God's choosing us doesn't speak about our worthiness it speaks about his glory and about his mercy. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians, in that letter in chapter 2, in verses 8 and 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So we're not able to say, I've made the grade. It is about his grace. And the prophet Isaiah makes it clear, doesn't he, in, his, in the, in, in the uh, chapter 64 of the uh, book of Isaiah, where he says, all our righteous acts are as filthy rags. Filthy rags. And you may say, hold on a minute. If not speaking about myself, I know or I know of other people whose lives are full of wonderful, charitable, serving, self-sacrificing acts. Are we actually saying those things are as filthy rags as nothing? No, I'm not. But what I am saying, and what it makes clear in the word, is that it cannot save us. It is not the, as it were, quality control for eternal life. Because Paul says in Romans 3 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We are all sinners that have come under God's grace. Now, if we try to think that we can attain this, we know that we will stumble and fall. And during the BTC Connect course, and I often say this during this course when we're talking about how we draw this line, I say it's just like we draw a line outside of Bromley Town Church across the road and ask every fun, everyone for the qualification of heaven to jump in, in one jump into the entrance of the Glade Shopping Centre. Now, for you online who don't know Bromley, that's about, I don't know, 100 metres, let's say 100 metres. Now, whether you jump one meter or whether you bring about a world record attempt of something like nine meters, you are still something of a maximum, a minimum rather, of 91 meters short. This is the wonderful grace of God that he has paid the price because we all have fallen short. You know, even when it comes to the nation of Israel, he didn't choose them because there was something wonderful about this nation. He chose them because he had a relationship with a man called Abraham. 
And that faith that Abraham had was, we're told, credited to him as righteousness. And so God told him, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. So it was out of his covenant with Abraham, his love for Abraham, that he chose and Israel were his nation. As 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. But you see, the second part of this verse we're looking at says that we are to go and bear fruit. That it's not just about the salvation, that we are to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. I've already mentioned the scripture found in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. But in verse 10, he goes on to say, Paul, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works that are prepared in advance for us to do. So in 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9 of this, of this letter to the Ephesians, it speaks of salvation. But in verse 10, it's on this theme of bearing fruit for the kingdom. So how do we bear fruit? How do, we, how do you and I bear fruit that's worth the enduring fruit, as it's referred to? And the answer is, is if, if you read the whole chapter 15 in John's Gospel, you will find the answer. And it's because 11 times in the first 10 verses of chapter 15, Jesus says, you abide in me, you remain in me. The way you bear fruit is to stay with me, to be with me. If we are to bear fruit, it's because every day we commit ourselves to the Lord. We call upon him, we draw strength from him, not running ahead saying, oh, well, within my own resource, my own finance, my own abilities, my own, my own sphere of influence, I'm going to do things for God and then look behind me and say, Jesus, look at me, aren't I doing so well? No, the answer is just to stay close. To stay close, to read his word, to be in prayer, to seek his spirit and his anointing, and to seek fruit bear from your lives as a result of that. And also, talking about this remaining and abiding, Jesus also says in verse 12, My command is this, to love each other as I have loved you. And this love that we hear about Jesus speaking so often about is, you may have heard it, in the Greek it's called agape love. It's a love that is so different. When we read love, we so often think of it being romantic or a physical sort of love. But the love that Jesus speaks about is this self-sacrificial, self-giving love that is virtuous, that has no seeking nature of its own. You may recall that in 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks in chapter 13 about a whole chapter about love. And it's regularly read at the likes of weddings and like. This love is the agape love, the love that is self-sacrificial. And as we come, as we learn to remain in that love, that we will bear fruit, wonderful fruit, fruit that is lasting, fruit that has an eternal value, the fruit that he is looking for us to produce. Now, we can think of things that are lasting, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, well, yeah, things that last, things that have last. The works of William Shakespeare, they last. The, the paintings of Michelangelo, they last. Theories of Albert Einstein, they last. And they're written on the pages of this world's history for as long as mankind is on this earth. Those works endure. Now, the works we might produce through bearing in Jesus may not find their way onto the written pages of history. 
But what they will have, it's made clear in, in, in the word, is that they will have a lasting, eternal value in the kingdom of heaven as you serve and as you look to serve your Lord around the people that you live with, the people of your family, the people uh, that you work alongside of your neighbors. That is an enduring, wonderful work that the Lord says will last for all times. You know, if we are going to call to bear fruit, it needs to be because we stay close to him. And the interesting things, and I say this in my group regularly when we come to this sort of chapter or we're around here, the wonderful thing I love about it is Jesus speaks about us bearing fruit. The word I would use, and indeed I've looked at this and it is used quite regularly in other uh, versions, is produce fruit. You know, to me, if you use the word produce, you talk to me about something that is my effort, something that I go about putting together and constructing. If you talk to me about the word bear, it speaks to me of something that comes naturally, yeah? It's something that comes as a result of being. And I hope and I pray for you all that you can bear fruit. Why? In your, no, not in your efforts, by being close to Jesus, remaining close to him. What, on a Sunday morning? No, every day of your lives. Calling upon him, coming close to him, seeking him, looking to him for the strength to bear that fruit for his kingdom and for the good of one another here in this church, for those people that we're going to take invitations to or bring an invitation to for this Christmas. Bearing fruit for him, staying close. He is the vine. We are the branches. We know that. And the only way that we can bear that fruit is staying close to our Savior, to our Lord, to our God. So look, let's be encouraged. Let's be those that turn to the word. What? How often? Daily. Let's be those that are encouraged and equipped by those scriptures that have empowered us in the past and that we turn to and are empowered and equipped continually. Let us marvel at the fact you are chosen, that you are born again. It is not a ticket in your back pocket for you to produce to St. Peter on the day of your passing. It is about you starting a work of bearing fruit in Christ for the remainder of your days. That is what your call is. And for us to bear that fruit, that fruit that will last, that fruit that will bring praises to him through the strength that he gives you to do these remarkable things in his name. So, wonderful thing to be in Christ and to know his salvation and to know that bearing of that fruit. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.